Season 5, Episode 50, the last midweek bonus episode for at least a, a week or more, because <clears throat> I'm taking a week off from stupidity and spending some time in the peaceful mountains of eastern Tennessee, Pigeon Forge, and uh, I don't know. I just might run across some stupidity in the hillbilly hills of eastern Tennessee that I just can't resist <laughs> to tell you about. Uh, but nevertheless, um, yes, we will be back because there will be more stupidity in about a week or so. But um, in the meantime, plenty of stupidity to get you through this week right now. All the stories that you're going to hear in this podcast are true. None of the names have been changed because we've all done something stupid. St. Eric Lane, and welcome to the midweek bonus episode of My Stupid World. Just remember, if you see something stupid, say something stupid. And if you like the podcast, make sure you rate and review it, because I get five-star stupidity for you. So give it a five-star rating, and maybe even write a review of the podcast. I just might read it in an upcoming episode. Well, next week, I'm going to go out and do my own searching for stupidity. So, um, yeah, going to be spending uh, the next week um, on vacation. We're going to Pigeon Forge for the week. Well, North Carolina and Pigeon Forge to see friends and family. And uh, usually, when you're out and about, especially in, like, parks and trails and other places, you get to see a whole new realm of stupidity. <clears throat> so, yeah, when I get back after our week vacation, I'm sure we'll find some good stupidity to share with you. So um, this will probably be the last midweek bonus episode until uh, a couple of weeks. So, and um, of course, you know, um, I'm going to be doing part of the vacation with my sister, the mother of my insane Florida nephew. And if I come across some really stupid stories about my nephew, I just might have to do a little bonus trailer episode. So who knows? But um, yeah, I, I know this. Um, we will certainly um, <clears throat> be... Uh, uh, enjoying a little time off from the normal stupidity that we have to take care of, you know? Trust me, there's enough stupidity in life. I just sometimes like to take a break from stupidity. But it's everywhere. And even in places you don't expect it to be. Especially when you consider you're only following what you're told to do, you know? Just to let you know just how contradictory some stupidity can be. Consider the story of a mother of a high school cheerleader. This is in Michigan, and she's not happy. She's quite upset because the school told her daughter to cover up. But this was while she was wearing her official school-issued cheerleading uniform. Now, it wasn't during a game. It was during school. But 
at the girls' school, you see it's common for athletes to be in their uniforms on the days that they have the games at the school. I, I saw that even myself every Friday. The cheerleaders came in their cheerleading costumes, and the guys wore their football jerseys, right? The girls' cheerleading coach told the cheerleaders to wear their, cost, their, their, their cheerleading uniforms on the day of the game, right? So the mother says her daughter was told she needed to put some pants on because if she didn't to cover up, she said they, she was told it was a distraction to the boys. Well, the mom wants to know if the uniform is appropriate to wear at games, why wouldn't it be appropriate to wear at school? Well, here's Amanda Alberg talking about being upset when her daughter Marana uh, Marana was told that her outfit was a distraction to the boys. So I called the school office and I was told that they are to wear pants under their uniforms at all times. It is a distraction to the boys. I don't feel that that should be a distraction to the boys. Girls have been wearing cheer uniforms issued by the school since I was in high school. Now, school says it's not a big deal. They released a statement saying that athletic uniforms may not meet school dress code requirements. And this is the case for the length of the cheerleading skirts. Frankly, what I would suggest for all of the cheerleaders there at that school, I would suggest you come to the next football game dressed in bloomers. And I would wear bloomers to every football game while you're doing your cheers until the school decides to let you wear your cheerleading outfit at school. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, that's just unbelievable. I think rather than that, just bring blindfolds for the boys and say, sorry, but you can't look at the girls on Fridays when there's a game. I don't know. It's, it really is. I mean, parenting is hard enough without the school making it harder, you know? And sometimes every now and then, I guess us parents need a little reminder that our efforts as a parent a lot better than what some idiots are doing. For instance, there's a 46-year-old Florida woman named Betty Union who got arrested because she smacked her son in the face so hard that his glasses broke and it caused cuts to his face. And she did it because she was upset that her son called her a, quote, booger face. <laughs> what? It's unclear if that was a random insult or if she maybe did have boogers on her face at the time. I don't know. <clears throat> the age of the child hasn't been released, but I'm assuming he's probably somewhere in the 7 to 10-year-old range. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe he's 17 and calling his mother a booger face. I don't know. Anyway, Betty's facing a felony child abuse charge and has been ordered to have no more contact with the boy. I'm assuming the child is now staying with another guardian who is who does not have a booger face. Really? Maybe it's time that we suspend her parenting license. Oh, wait a minute. That's right. They don't give parenting. Maybe they should give parenting license so we can suspend them. Well, um, there was a delivery driver that probably needed to have his license suspended because he dropped off more than just food at a Florida apartment when he defecated on the kitchen floor in the building lobby, according to the report. Now, a Postmates driver was caught on security footage entering the North Miami Beach apartment complex, getting out of the elevator, leaving food at somebody's door, but apparently he wasn't done making deliveries. The man proceeded to a kitchen 
located at the downstairs of the apartment building, and then promptly relieved himself. He went ahead and went to the lobby and defecated on the floor. The property manager, Julio Bajadon, told WPLG-TV, it was unreal, he says. Video shows the driver shuffling while waiting to go back down the elevator before he goes into the kitchen and drops his pants. He even takes his shirt off, according to the clip. The North Miami Beach police responded to the scene and told the uh, TV outlet that they were investigating the incident as a criminal mischief case. Residents and management are kind of concerned about the sanitary risks of body fluids in a food preparation area. The footage from the kitchen shows disgusted residents greeted with the feces and the smell when they walk through the door. We have four open bathrooms. People can use it and they're open. Why do it on the floor? Questioned one resident named Clara Kinnis. There's toilet paper in there. There's soap. He could wash his hands and everything. He decides to do it on the floor. Video shows the driver scurrying away from the apartment building after the disgusting deed, but no word whether or not he's been caught or not. Okay, well, we go from leaving something extra to taking something extra. It's a Florida woman's taco got spoiled when a gang of thieving raccoons swiped her DoorDash delivery from her doorstep as seen in this hilarious video, which you may have already seen. It's pretty much gone viral. Uh, Katerina Savares from West Palm Beach, Florida, had just emerged from the shower about 2.30 in the morning. She goes to the door to pick up her late-night snack. When she opened it up, she was shocked to discover that her order from Talkin' Tacos had fallen into the paws of a nursery of coons. <laughs> the taco enthusiast then decided to take a cell phone video and share the raccoon raid on TikTok, where it's been viewed more than 4.7 million times. The incriminating footage shows the hungry customer opening the front door to her apartment, only to discover a ripped paper bag resting on the doormat with a lone tortilla discarded next to it. And... Down the hallway from her door stands a coon staring her down. At least two of his furry accomplices could also be seen hanging back by the stairs. Severez tells Fox 35, my jaw dropped. She said the masked bandits had wolfed down everything except the tortillas. The most brazen of the four-legged food thieves could be seen approaching the door and standing on its hind legs as if to challenge Severez, who joked on TikTok, why he got a square up like that? Once they started hissing, I shut the door so fast, I was like, they can have that carne asada. It's fine, the woman tells the outlet. She goes on to say, I'm five feet three inches. I'm not fighting three, three of those things. The victim of the nighttime taco heist said she lives on the second floor of an apartment complex, leading her to suspect that the coons were stalking the DoorDash delivery driver. Bro raccoons run my apartment complex. I can't even... She writes in the caption accompanying the viral video. Well, sensing a golden marketing opportunity, Talkin' Tacos later reposted Savaris's video on the eatery's Instagram page, and they wrote, When even the raccoons can resist Talkin' Tacos, you know it's the real deal. Well, the taqueria rewarded the customer with a gift card and promised free tacos for her troubles. <laughs> well, this proves that even wild animals are okay with the risk of getting explosive diarrhea. But do you know? Now, the woman was totally horrified. I mean, after looking at the fees from DoorDash, she was also scared by the raccoons, too. <laughs> well, talked about wearing your 
cheerleading outfit at school, what would happen if you you actually wore this to work? We have a three-time Olympic medalist in horse jumping. He is a 50-year-old Shane Rose. Now, Shane's from Australia. His last medal was a silver at the 2020 Olympics, and he had a great chance of making it to the next Olympics as well. But, well, I don't know. He's currently not, he was at the time, was not allowed to compete because at a recent event, he decided to wear a Borat-style mankini. <laughs> it was just like the bathing suit from the, you know, Borat, but it was orange. Of course, if you've never seen one, <clears throat> let's just say they show a lot of skin. Uh, Shane likes to have a good time, you see. So at the event, he also wore a gorilla suit and a Duff Man superhero costume from The Simpsons. But it sounds like the mankini is what really ticked off the fancy horse people that were there. He was not allowed to compete until Australia's governing body for equestrian sports reviewed his case. Now, eventually he was cleared to compete again. Selections for their Olympic team happened in the early summer, and the game started in late July. Now, of course, this is great now because this guy has been described as the total package. <laughs> this Borat-inspired G-string was so revealing, he was temporarily mistaken for an Instagram model craving attention. Well, they say the customer is always right. But do you really believe that? This is just beautiful. There's an 18-year-old named Anna Haricky. She works at a place near Indianapolis, Indiana called Prime Car Wash. And she had a run-in with a customer who was really very rude and for no good reason. The woman had just pulled into the car wash tunnel to get it washed. And, well, Anna was there and she was pressure washing the driver's side doors. And at that point, the lady rolls down her window and literally humchucks a cup of lemonade right at her. What? I'm not really clear why the woman was upset, but Anna did not skip a beat. While the window was still down, she just whizzed the pressure washer right over and blasted the woman right in the face. It was beautiful. Karma is such an entertaining thing. The whole thing lasted just a few seconds before the lady was able to roll her window back up and Anna went right back to washing her car. But the security camera got the whole thing on video. By the way, the car wash took sides with Anna and the woman and her boyfriend are now banned from ever coming back. <laughs> Take that. Yeah. Apparently the driver got a little car wash too. <laughs> Uh, definitely would annoy me if somebody threw their lemonade at me. I'd probably have done the same thing. But the next time you get annoyed at uh, maybe a store clerk for allowing somebody to break the 10 items or less express lane rule, consider this little story. There's a chance they might be held at gunpoint. There's a man named Jesse Garrett who was checking out at a Schnucks supermarket in Missouri when an employee confronted him. He was in the express lane for people that had 10 items or less, and, well, he certainly had more than that. But rather than move to a different checkout lane, Jesse lifted his shirt up and exposed a handgun to the employee that he had tucked in his waistband. Ooh. <clears throat> well, the employee backed off, and the store called 911. And the cops tracked down Jesse. By the way, he was still inside. He initially denied having a firearm, but the cops found a loaded gun stashed on a nearby store shelf behind some candy. Well, Jesse admitted to brandishing the gun, but said that he did it 
playfully. Oh, and he also admitted to lying about having a gun, but he said he had a good reason. See, he's a convicted felon, and he's not allowed to have a gun. Ah, okay, okay. Well, now Jesse's facing at least two charges, unlawfully possessing a firearm and unlawful use of a weapon, both of which are felonies. So I guess old Jesse is going to have a reunion of sorts with some of his cellmates. <laughs> there was a badger that broke loose in a home on England's Isle of Wight, caused thousands of dollars worth of damage before being rescued. Charlotte Glazier said that she got home from work and found the kitchen had been completely ransacked and a hole had been burrowed into her pantry door. So she followed the trail of destruction up the stairs where the furniture had been bitten and plug sockets had been torn out of the walls. Glazier discovered the offending badger hiding in a wastebasket that had been tipped onto its side. Well, here's Charlotte finding a wrecked home and finding out that it was a badger that did it. Hello, badger. What a mess you made, badger. Just sort of mindless vandalism, I think, is the only way to describe that. Totally trashed all of the back. The police told Glacier that they really couldn't do anything about the wild animal and the local, uh, I guess, uh, Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals didn't have any personnel available, so they called pet vets and was referred to the <laughs> Badger Trust Isle of Wright. Uh, trust personnel responded to the home, captured the badger in a cage, and took it back to the wild. Don't know if the homeowner's insurance could do anything about the destruction, though. <laughs> Nothing like coming home to have a... Of course, it might be compared to just having a crazy teenager or something. I don't know. But well, the vast majority of American electorate actually turns out they lack the basic knowledge of how their own government works. This should really not be a surprise, but sadly, it's the truth. This is a, according to a recent study that was conducted just ahead of the recent President's Day holiday. They found that seven in 10 or more Americans failed a civic literacy quiz on topics like the three branches of government, the number of Supreme Court justices, and other basic questions about how the U.S. government works, according to this study published by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation. Kind of makes you now realize why our country is in the sick situation that it's in. Well, the poll surveyed about 2,000 registered voters on basic questions about American civics, and it found 25% are very confident they could explain how our system of government works, while only one-third didn't even know the three branches of the federal government, and half could not correctly identify Congress as the branch that creates the laws or name the number of members of the House of Representatives. As we approach our semi-quincentennial in 2026, this report amounts to a five-alarm fire drill for the civic health of the nation, so says the head of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce's foundation's Hillary Crow. The Civic Trust uh, is what she runs, and she said this in her press release. She goes on to say, while Americans across backgrounds value civic participation in theory, we are sorely lacking in the basic knowledge that translates values into informed, engaged citizenship. Put it plainly, if you can't fix what you really can't fix what you don't understand. <laughs> Basically, Americans are stupid about their country. 
She goes on to say, without reversing these deficiencies and understanding how our government works, we're risking the long-term health of our civic culture and democracy itself. And I think, really, <laughs> democracy doesn't die because of a media company. Democracy dies because the citizens have no clue what democracy is. Interestingly enough, over three-quarters of the adults in the U.S. view political division in the country and government as a major problem but only 19% report significant political tensions at their jobs. In addition, respondents indicated an openness to businesses playing a role in supporting citizenship with nearly half in support of workplaces, not government bodies, taking the primary role in diffusing ideological divides and educating the citizens on civics. The survey also found that most people hold positive views of large and small businesses with 82%, that's right, 82% agree that businesses can play an important role in bringing um, people together. 93% indicate they would react positively if companies publicly tried to improve our country. Well, I think maybe we should just start with people learning how the country runs. I mean, it's like we want people to come in and have different people other than the politicians taking over the government, but when most of the people have no idea what the government does, I'm not sure that's a good idea. Well, take this for example. It's come to this. It's come to this. The U.S. Secretary of State, our current Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, as in Winken, Blinken, and Nod, tells the State Department employees to refrain from using gendered terms like mother, father, and manpower. They wrote this in a recent memo. The Biden administration official argues in this memo, gender is a social construct and that a person's gender identity may or may not correspond with one's sex assigned at birth. The note was titled, quote, Modeling DEIA, Gender Identity Best Practices. Now, wink and blinken and nod encouraged his colleagues at the State Department to use gender-neutral language whenever possible to show respect and avoid misunderstandings. He also suggested employees identify their preferred pronouns in emails when introducing themselves in meetings. Oh, God. <laughs> Assuming that an individual's gender identity simply based on their appearance or name can be problematic and conveys a harmful exclusionary message. Really? Now, he does ask, however, uh, the staffers, please don't pressure someone to state their pronouns. What is your pronoun? Tell me. What is your pronoun? I have to have your pronoun. I can't talk to you without you having. I have to have a pronoun so I know how to talk to you. He goes. He says this is a personal decision that should be respected. Okay. How about this? Respect my uh, position. Do not do it. Okay. How's that? How about that? Respect my position to use mother and father and manpower. Huh? Common use terms like manpower and you guys and ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, mother, father, son, daughter, husband, wife should be avoided, according to the State Department chief, and replaced with words like labor force, everyone, folks, you all, or the Southern contraction y'all, parent, child, spouse, or partner instead. Look, I have one word for Anthony Winkin, Blinken, and Nod. Kong, 
Get up close and personal with My Stupid World by interacting with the podcast through Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World's Telegram channel. I post the actual articles used in the podcast episodes every weekend from the week's collection of stupidity. When you join the channel, you'll get to read the actual stories, see the actual photos, or watch the actual videos from the stupidity that is talked about in each episode. And you can even make comments about what you read or seen, even comments with your suggestions or opinions about what I've talked about. You can even share the links to some of the stupid stories that you've encountered. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E to see a preview of the channel and download Telegram Messenger, the app to your smartphone. It's also available in desktop versions as well, and it's supported on Windows, Linux, Apple, and Android platforms. Telegram is a secure messaging app that's gaining in popularity. You can learn more by visiting telegram.org. First daughter Ashley Biden has paid off a tax lien for more than $5,000 in Pennsylvania after missing payments during her father's vice presidency and presidency. Now, at this point, the Biden family will be the subject of a superhero movie called The Tax Evaders. A new poll shows that 70% of New York voters say President Biden is not fit to serve another term. And the other 30% are his dead supporters. Now, many people think Joe is no longer fit to serve. Instead, he should just be in an old folks' home licking his soft serve. West Virginia authorities nabbed 11 suspects after they launched a wide-scale probe into drones attempting to drop off drugs at a federal prison. Authorities now kindly ask that everyone please sneak in drugs the old-fashioned way, up their rears. They knew the drone operators were lying through their teeth, although in West Virginia, most people don't have teeth. A coon on the loose for nearly two months in England was captured close to home and safely returned to his farm. He's now back to eating insects and dead rodents, which is probably much better than what he was dining on while out and about in England. Male coon Miko was one of three coons to escape the Sunderland Training and Education Farm in South Hilton just before Christmas. So, like the Prince Harry, this coon spent his Christmas away from English family members. A new report says that Madam Webb tickets were getting refunded in mass on opening night. Turns out people would rather spend 30 bucks on something less horrible, like a copay at their proctologist's office. An insider said you could actually watch advanced purchase sales declining in real time as buyers were refunding their tickets, probably because of the putrid reviews which said the movie couldn't even be shown at Guantanamo Bay. Coming off a career worst season, New York Yankees slugger Glenn Carlo Stanton looks much slimmer at spring training this year. Some are speculating that he did a serious juice cleanse, while others say it's more likely he just stopped juicing. This dude has really sucked since joining the Yankees. He's been so bad for New York now that he's uh, referred to as the Kathy Hochul of baseball. Former President Trump's super limited $399 gold sneakers sold out in under two hours. I haven't seen something sell out this fast since Travis Kelce did a Pfizer commercial. Trump stands with the police, but after releasing these monstrosities, he's going to be arrested by the fashion police. 
President Biden yet again has tripped twice while boarding Air Force One despite using a shorter, less challenging staircase. It's officially time for Joe's handlers to disallow him from doing anything hard like walking or talking. The 81-year-old commander-in-chief managed to narrowly avoid a complete double tumble as he prepared to step off for Los Angeles. L.A. is really a great place for Joe because the city is used to complete and total disasters. An eight-year-old boy recently made history when he became the youngest person to defeat a grandmaster in classical chess. Now he's being randomly drug-tested for steroid use. AT&T's network went down for many of its customers around the country, leaving customers unable to place phone calls, texts, or even access the Internet, or as T-Mobile users call it, just a normal morning. AT&T acknowledged that it had widespread outages but did not provide a reason for the system failure other than a, a glitch in a software update. But look, based on the opinions of most cable news channels, we can infer that it was definitely Donald Trump's fault. President Biden has given away his first dog, Commander, to relatives after the pooch continuously bit Secret Service employees. That dog is incredibly dangerous to Americans, which means that he is truly a Biden. No word on why Commander bit such aggressive, had such aggressive behavior, but I guess I'm going to assume it's because he often drug sniffs Hunter's luggage. A recent study finds that reusable water bottles harbor up to 40,000 times more bacteria than your toilet seat. But this study is really unnecessary because one thing you put your mouth on and the other is a reusable water bottle. Yeah, this traumatizing news for many bottle owners that rely on their Stanleys for emotional support, I guess. A good thing that there is an emotional support water bottle support hotline. A Kansas fisherman's white crappy record, or crappie, I guess is how you call it, has been removed after steel weights were found in the fish's stomach. And for the record, a white crappie is a fish as opposed to a crappy white, which is a term used to describe rapper Machine Gun Kelly. What kind of a cheating jerk puts weights inside of a fish? I mean, if this dude were any more of a fraud, he'd have a job with the Biden administration. Netflix revealed that they're expanding the hit drama Virgin River with a prequel show. Now, if you've never heard of the show, then congratulations. It's a contemporary romance that's centered on a nurse practitioner's recent move to a remote California town called Virgin River. Of course, with a town name like that, you'd think the story would be about 30-year-olds who still play video games in their parents' house. Jennifer Anderson gave fans a look at her walk-in closet inside her $21 million Bel Air California mansion with a new Instagram post. It's uh, really the perfect thing to watch as you struggle to pay for five items at the grocery store. I mean, seriously, what tone-deaf thing to post? You know, I mean, it's her decision. Was If her decision-making was any worse, she probably would have been one of the writers for Friends. The newly released records from the Secret Service revealed that that first dog, Commander Biden, actually had bitten 25 people in the last year. Pretty scary stuff. But Americans are just uh, happy that at least one Biden shows a little bite. Yeah, Commander took a chunk out of uh, Americans and is... Uh, you know, hated by almost everyone, which is why he was recruited to work for the IRS now. And President Biden is fond of telling his aides in the West Wing that the key to a successful marriage is, quote, good sex. <laughs> that's according to a new book that's out. Now, my question is, who is he employing to help Jill out with that? According to recent findings from the Peterson KFF Health System Tracker, an estimated 20 million American adults 
owe roughly $222 billion in medical bills, to which everybody in the country with student loans responded, that's it? West Virginia's last Hooters is getting torn down, and the locals there held a candlelight vigil. And of course, to everybody's surprise, Bill Clinton didn't show up. No word if a Hooters will ever be erected in West Virginia again. Of course, emphasis on erect. Vin Diesel is now promising that the Fast X sequel will be a celebration of the franchise and a big finale for fans around the world. But look, the last few movies have been such a big pile of poo that most fans are expecting the sequel to be more like Fast X Lax. And Miley Cyrus hilariously revealed that she was a, quote, penis enthusiast as she took up a shock role in the new comedy Drive-Away Dolls. <laughs> yeah. Miley is known for her song Wrecking Ball, but is even more well-known for handling balls. President Biden has butchered one of Abraham Lincoln's most famous lines while speaking to the nation's governors. Turns out Joe accidentally quoted Hunter by saying, four score and seven bags of cocaine to go. Actually, Biden was trying to quote from Lincoln's first inaugural address, in which he famously said, we are not enemies, but friends. We must not be enemies, which means that Joe's only true enemy will continue to be the stairs. Donald Trump's legal team has appealed a ruling from the New York judge, Arthur Engeron, finding him liable for more than $350 million in damages. Some are saying that this feels like a kangaroo court, but President Biden insists that the ruling didn't happen in Australia. A new study finds magic mushroom decriminalization has been linked to a surge in poison center calls. And it's definitely linked to seeing dragons flying through rainbows. I mean, who knew that people were calling poison control after taking magic mushrooms? I just assume they just call Vegas to book tickets for the Grateful Dead's upcoming residency. And UK-based company Amalgam has created a miniature sports car model that costs more than real cars. It might seem like a waste of money, but it's still a better investment than buying a Kia Rio. I mean, every one of these companies' replicas takes between 250 to 450 hours of painstaking work to complete, hence the eye-watering price tag that can reach up to $30,000 for a miniature sports car model. It's kind of crazy because, look, there's better ways, there's better things, you know, to spend thirty grand on, you know, like a down payment for a dilapidated house in a bad neighborhood. Director Paul King is considering creating a sequel to the Timothy Chalamet's Wonka movie, which people would probably enjoy because it's nice to see a slick willy that's not named Bill Clinton. Anne Hathaway was caught twerking to Nicki Minaj's hit song Anaconda at a Versace after party, but it was unlike anything Nicki's ever done because Anne was actually fully clothed. Anne recently starred in a movie called She Came to Me, but look, after dudes around the globe watched that video, something else was coming. And finally, video footage has appeared of former NFL MVP Cam Newton getting into a brawl during a seven-on-seven -seven football event over the week, uh, this uh, one of the recent weekends. And based upon the way everybody was fighting, it kind of looks like that they might have all consumed seven-and-seven. Seven. It's unknown though how the fight started, but it did begin under a pop-up tent that was seen at the top of the football field. Kind of a crazy story, but look, this isn't the first time that we've uh, seen some <clears throat> wrestling after someone pitched a tent.
open to talking about anything, but love talking about surviving in the stupidity that's always around us. And if you're insane enough to ask, I'm insane enough to reply. I'd love to hear from you either by leaving a voice message or a written message. And you can even do that at uh, podcast.insaneericlane.com. Leave any comment you have from a podcast or even if a question you have, I'll be happy to address either one. Your questions or comments might even be played and or even talked about in a future podcast episode. And if you or someone you know would like to join in on a podcast, you're more than welcome to participate. You can uh, download the Spotify for Podcasters app on your phone, and you can do that just as simple as a phone call. Or I can even send you a link that you can actually participate from the website. You can download the app to your favorite app store and add that uh, podcast to your favorites. You can also email me with comments, questions, requests at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. And of course, should you certainly subscribe to the podcast if you listen on Apple, iHeart, Breaker, Google, Verbo, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Don't forget to follow me also on Facebook and X. Just look up the handle at Insane Eric Lane. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing. And now, this week's Genius Awards. And in this week's Genius Awards, a California canine uncovered pounds of methamphetamine in an unlikely place. Boxes of doggy treats. The Sonoma County Sheriff's Office made a Facebook post about the incident. The traffic stop occurred when a sheriff's deputy stopped a vehicle driving to Petaluma. The vehicle was driving by uh, was driven by 41-year-old suspect Angelina Gutierrez, who was charged with felony transportation of a controlled substance. And during the traffic stop, the deputy learned the driver had a misdemeanor arrest warrant out of Mendocino County and was told there was a methamphetamine pipe in the vehicle. The Sonoma County Sheriff's Office explained in a press release. Authorities say that the deputy and his canine then conducted a sniff of the vehicle, suspecting narcotics. The canine was alerted to dog treat boxes inside the vehicle, according to the sheriff's office. The deputy then searched the vehicle and found the dog treat boxes that contained packages of methamphetamine. The deputy also located additional packages of methamphetamine inside of a cat litter box. In total, the deputy and his canine found 10 pounds of meth, distributed in 10 bags. Gutierrez was transported to the Sonona County Jail where she was given no bail and released. It's a good thing that that dog didn't eat those treats. I mean, imagine your pooch having the zoomies for 8 to 10 hours straight. The dog sniffs out meth, which is different from what they normally do, you know, sniffing butts. And then there's this truck driver from my hometown in Belfont, Pennsylvania, with over 600 warrants who was arrested in Ohio according to the police. Columbus, Ohio police were contacted by the Spring Township Police Department in Belfont, Pennsylvania, right here, asking for help regarding a warrant for Ioka Keith, also known as Carol Ann Summer. According to the social media post from the Columbus Division of Police, Keith had a total of 649 warrants for her arrest, including 322 felonies and 327 misdemeanors related to theft. Now, police believe that this is an over-the-road truck driver, and Keith may have been in the Columbus area and was taken into custody with that incident. Now, authorities here in Pennsylvania are now working with the Franklin County Courts to coordinate Keith's extradition. <laughs> 600 warrants? And she lives right here in my hometown? Jeez. 
Even my elected officials are impressed by this level of criminality. Of course, you wouldn't expect a criminal like this to come from Belfont, Pennsylvania. Now, if she was from Philly, it'd make total sense. How about this? Police report that a suspect made off of a 16-figure haul after burglarizing a Pennsylvania residence. Investigators say that the Bedford, Pennsylvania home was broken into by an unknown individual who made off with several pieces of jewelry, silver dollars worth $20, and $2 trillion in currency. It was Zimbabwean currency, by the way. According to the police report, 20 Zimbabwe $100 trillion bills were swiped by the burglar. For some reason, the report values the stolen currency is worth a million U.S. dollars, but the Zimbabwe bills issued during a period of hyperinflation are essentially worthless as a currency. Instead, they're sold as a uh, numismatic oddity for about $10 a piece. The burglar also escaped with about 30 bucks in loose change. So the dude steals $100 trillion bills. I mean, the IRS was so impressed they gave him a job offer. Luckily, this Zimbabwean currency is just like American currency, (laughs) worthless. And what about this? A Florida man was arrested for exposing himself and shoplifting at a Macon metaphysical supply store. According to the incident report from the Bibb County Sheriff's Office, Sergeant Smith was dispatched to the Bohemian Den along Cherry Street after a call from the store employees. Staff members told Smith that a man later identified as Robert Douglas Webb Jr. of Kissimmee walked into their store about five minutes before closing and said it was cold outside and needed to warm up. Well, they noticed that after the man was wandering around the store for a few minutes, he had this bulge in his pants that wasn't there when he came in. So an employee goes and confronts Webb and tells him to return what he had stuffed in his pants, so he took out two candles. Well, she still saw a bulge, and when she asked him for the merchandise... He pulled his pants down and exposed himself and then left the store walking up 3rd Street. So, he had a big bulge in his pants. Kind of like having Motley Crue's Tommy Lee walking around the store. Because I'm sure the store owner said what we're all thinking. Are those two stolen candles in your pants or are you just happy to see me? Of course, you got to check this one out. A 51-year-old Ohio man has been arrested after allegedly running through a Fairfield Township neighborhood and sitting on a front porch while naked. According to a Butler County court complaint, James Michael Smith had been charged with public indecency. Documents allege Smith was running through the Walden Ponds subdivision naked before sitting on a person's front porch. Officials say the arresting officer saw Smith running south on Rochester at the intersection of Drew Drive after then taking him into custody. It was notified that Hamilton police had been looking for Smith, who had gone to a local food establishment, also while naked. You know, you always kind of hope to see some nice shrubbery in these little suburban neighborhoods, but not these are not the twig and berries anybody wanted to witness. Imagine finding a naked dude on your porch. I mean, it would be even worse. It would be worse than finding a Jehovah Witness. Of course, you'll never believe this. A 21-year-old Indiana man was arrested after he allegedly tried to buy a Porsche from the dealership with a $78 million check. Then he wouldn't leave when he was turned down. Arrest documents show Connor James Litka of Bloomington, Indiana, walked into the St. Matthew's Porsche dealership on Bowling Boulevard with a $78 million check in hopes of buying a new Porsche. 
when the dealership employees refused to sell him the car, Litka allegedly walked around to the back entrance of the dealership looking for car keys. He refused to leave until the dealership sold him the Porsche. Scared that he might do something reckless, the employees called the cops and Litka was arrested. He faces one count of criminal trespass and one count of disorderly conduct. And by the way, through their investigation, St. Matthew's police also said they found that he had also tried a similar thing the day before at a Land Rover dealership. Litka allegedly tried to buy a Land Rover there with a $12 million check. Boy, this guy got rejected quickly. Yeah, and his check bounced harder than a fat kid on a trampoline. His check was completely worthless much like his life. <clears throat> got, got one more. A 32-year-old man was recently busted in East Freedom, Pennsylvania, for shoplifting more than $1,100 worth of items, including ammo and bacon from a Walmart. <laughs> John Lee Pittman Jr. of Houstontown, charged with theft, receiving stolen property, and possession of a firearm prohibited. Freedom Township police officers responded to the call from the Walmart there about a man filling up a shopping cart and trying to leave the store without paying. Officials found the pitman leaving the store, pushing his cart full of a plethora of items like bacon and other meats, as well as five boxes of Remington brand 12-gauge shotgun shells. All in all, police found Pittman with nearly 140 items that was stolen, valued at about $1,180, according to the criminal complaint. Pittman, who already had a warrant out of Fulton County, Pennsylvania, for burglary charges, was unable to post his $10,000 bond and now is remaining in custody at the Blair County Prison. Stealing ammo and bacon from Walmart? I mean, look, all I can say to this story is, God bless America! <laughs> you can't blame this man, though, for wanting ammo and bacon. I mean, after all, he's from a town called East Freedom. Well, help share the stupidity, spread the stupidity, smear it around. I don't care what you got to do, but share the podcast and subscribe if you haven't done so. And even rate and review the podcast. I mean, this, this is all five-star stupidity, so it's worth the five-star rating. So when you rate and review the podcast, it'll show up prominently in searches because people are out there looking for stupidity. Googling it everywhere they can find it. Now, if you're trying to stream the podcast and you're in a poor cell or Wi-Fi coverage, why are you doing that? Just download the episode right to your podcast player. Frankly, I recommend Podcast Attic. They have great performance. It's the number one Android downloaded podcast player. It's free with two types of paid versions as well. I'm not an Apple guy. Sorry. And besides this episode, we've got the weekend episode right here on this podcast channel where Pancho Guerrero, my insane Florida nephew, joins me with his witty commentary to the stupidity, mainly from Florida. And by the way, we'll have a report this coming weekend on the first annual Florida Games. I thought Pancho was going to get to go to that, but apparently he was too busy. And by the way, Pancho will also answer your questions with his sage wisdom. You can ask Pancho about virtually anything. And you can test your skills against Pancho during the weekly Insane Game Show. After both episodes are published, I post the links that the stories were based on to Telegram Messenger. And if you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World channel there on Telegram, you can check out those links and even make comments about them and share them with your friends as well as interacting with the podcast as well. You can preview the channel and get a link to download Telegram Messenger at t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. It's free and available in desktop or mobile versions uh, for Windows, Linux, Android, or even Apple platforms. 
And you can follow me also on social media just using the handle at Insane Eric Lane on Facebook or X or visit the website, InsaneEricLane.com. And finally, ponder this, will you? The banana used to be the food that most looked like a phone. Well, now it's the Pop-Tart. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is produced with the support from EnvisionWise, LLC, and AmeriCountry.com, from Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy at the United Stations Radio Network, SheetHappens.com, Good Parts Media, and Mr. Laughs. Theme music from Randy Stonehill, It's a Great Big Stupid World, copyright 1992 Stonehillian Music, Word Music, Twitch and Vibes Music, and is available anywhere you purchase music. Thanks for making it to the end of Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World. Please be sure to seek therapy to ensure you still have your wits with you. And if this has inspired you to try your hand at making a podcast, you can do it absolutely free with Spotify for Podcasters. The editing and music library are at your fingertips with Spotify for Podcasters. Download the app from your favorite app store. 